Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. My name is Cosmos Dar, and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is through becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Welcome back to the show, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. For today's episode, we have Craig Hanley. Craig Hanley is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, best-selling author, and philanthropist. He's also a songwriter and musician, writing for new artists, up-and-coming superstars, and for sync, TV, and film. When he's not writing hits, he's the best-selling author of Hired to Quit, Inspired to Stay, which shows the way to build a company that fulfills your heart's purpose so you can live, the, uh, so you can live your dreams. When he gets bored in the evenings, he serves as the VCMO for a small collection of companies, the acting CMO for Viewed.com, and the CEO and founder of his multi-million dollar call center, Listen Trust, which was named number one in business products and services and number 27 overall on Inc. Magazine's 505,000 list. His company has done over 500 million in counting in sales within the last five years. He has also founded Social Close, a 360 digital marketing company which specializes in creating tailored marketing strategies focused on building brands that monetize and maximize their revenue based on visibility and engagement. He has met and hung out with famous entrepreneurs and celebrities such as Richard Branson, Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney, Akon, Snoop Dogg, and he's even met the Dalai Lama. He's passionate about music and changing lives with the perfect pairing of great business meeting, great music, and he's ecstatic to bring his experience to the music mastery community as a coach and mentor. Craig embodies the American spirit of adventure and entrepreneurship that has made this nation extraordinary in the first place, and I'm honored to have him on the show. Craig, are you there? You are you? Hey, Craig, it is an honor to have you on the show. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, hanging out in there. You know, I've, I've got good problems. Some other challenges, but you know, like everybody else, but most of them are good problems. I see. So, uh, I mean, we all have problems. It's just about pushing through, right? That's like the entrepreneurial <laughs> way. But Craig, I know that you're a serial entrepreneur, you're a CEO, and you're a best-selling author. Can you tell us, can you tell us and the audience a little bit more about your background and how you got started? Well, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. I worked as a paperboy. I always won all the contests. I won the trips to Florida. I, um, I worked at an ice cream place and made ice cream, but we also, I was also building golf courses and painting houses and trimming trees and 
I was always, you know, doing multiple things. When I was in college, I ran two pizza places. I disc jockeyed at a club on the weekends. I also DJed weddings. I umpired baseball and soccer, and I had a job at a hotel doing the night audit all at the same time. Wow. So, so I've always had this entrepreneurial spark, you know, as far as I've never been afraid of hard work. I've always been driven, you know, uh, always tried to, tried to do my best everything I did. I got accepted. I've always wanted to be a musician. I got accepted to Berkeley and Juilliard and couldn't afford either. So I went in the army, served the country and tried to get college money. So, you know, I'm just one of those guys that's always been doing a lot of different things. Craig, that is, how do you do so many things like simultaneously? And can you tell the audience a little bit more about how like you went from being a paper boy to uh, doing multiple businesses and really successful businesses at that? I was always looking for the hack. You know, I love music. I've always loved music. So disc jockeying at a club, you know, was really easy because you show up at nine o'clock at night and you play till two in the morning or whatever. So that didn't interfere with umpiring baseball or doing basketball games or soccer games. And those paid like, you know, in my day, they paid $70 every time you did a game roughly. So it was like baseball is about an hour and a half. Soccer was an hour. Basketball is about an hour and a half. You know, so you really uh, learned how to hack and make a great hourly rate, even though, you know, I could do two games uh, a day during the in-season timeframes, you know. Uh, on a Saturday, I could do four or five games. But then the night audit job, you know, you can start at midnight. Well, that, that job was 11 to 7. So I get in at 11, I do my audit, and I catch up on my homework because I was still going to college too. And then I ended up pulling two pizza places I was managing. But I had to show up for those. I wasn't really on the, I was on the schedule, but I wasn't on the schedule because I was, you know, I had to fill in, but I also was the one making the schedule. So I just had all these different things I was doing. Um, yeah, it's hard to do all those things. Today, I do a lot more than that, but I've surrounded myself with people who do really well with execution. And so the secret, of course, is finding people around you that can fill in the areas that you're not great at. That makes sense? No, yeah, it totally does. But you know, like a lot of people, like they do like their nine to five jobs and then after they come back home, they're just too tired to do anything else. So like they don't have like this motivating drive uh, which uh, obviously you do because you managed to like dry, like you actually do multiple things and you didn't get tired. Like what was this motivational factor or this drive or this passion that you had that pushed you to do all of this? I think everybody's got that drive inside of them. It just depends on what you're working on. For me, it's my passion, right? Writing music or working on music or, so, I mean, some of the things I was doing never felt like work. You know, it was passion. So I never get tired when you're living in your, when you're living in the place where you're supposed to live, you don't get tired. No, I mean, uh, totally like, but I think, I think in today's society, a lot of people, they are disconnected from their passion or their purpose altogether. Right. And, uh, unfortunately, like it's almost like they're like robots living in society, just doing what they have to do or like doing what the corporate world wants them to do. But I don't think all, most people have ever actually found their true passion or their purpose while uh, uh, in order to like succeed in, in life. Like, what would be your advice to people that have not found their passion or purpose or they, they're disconnected from like their true inner self? Everybody probably knows what their passion is. I think it's, it's that calling that you felt ever since you were young. Sometimes I think some of those passions look like they're hard to reach. 
what most people think is that their passion has to be a career. I can tell you that what your passion should do is just make you happy. The funny thing is when you're happy and you start to work on your passion, you'll finally, it'll take some time, but you'll figure out ways to monetize your passion. Once you start monetizing your passion, you're able to cut back on the, on the job you don't like and start to put more time towards your passion. So it's kind of, it's kind of like a pendulum swinging, you know, you just got to know how to focus and work on your side hustle in a way that it starts to drive revenues until the point where your job is your side hustle. So it's really interesting that you talk about this, right? Because uh, a lot of people, like they want to leave their corporate jobs or they want to leave what they're doing right now. And they want to follow their passion they, and then like their side hustle and monetize it and make it into a business, but they just don't know how to go about doing that. Like, what is your advice for somebody that would want, that has a passion for what they're doing, and, but it's only like a hobby at this point and they, they would like to leave their jobs and like make this a full-time thing. So it doesn't feel like work at all. Yeah, it's just going to be a plan. Look, I talked to everybody. Number one, find the circle of other people that love what you do, right? Find a network that you fit into. If you have a passion of, of being a dancer, but you're living in a circle of zebras, but you're a lion, you know, you shouldn't be with the other lions. Funny thing is, is when you start working with people, no matter what level you're at, some of those people are going to be successful. If you believe in others while they're just starting out, while they're brand new, those same people will probably believe in you. And uh, when they're successful, it, it's inevitable that they drag people along with them. And the funny thing is, is when those people are successful, the only people they're going to trust are the ones that supported them before they were successful. So I talk to young people all the time in my phone. I've got at least 600 billionaires and a couple of billionaires. And uh, they weren't billionaires or millionaires when I met them. They were nobodies. So who's the nobody that you're going to relate to and work with that can help, where you can help lift each other up, right? Find people who are as passionate as you are and just work to, work to help them in their career without expecting anything back. And karma, the universe, the energy of the universe, you'll find that you'll be dragged right along with those people. You know, they'll help you along the way. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it, it does. But it's, it's really interesting that you say that because a lot of like millionaires or multi-millionaires, they'll look at the so-called nobodies and they'll be like, hmm, why should I hang out with these people? They're like beneath me or something like that. Or that's at least the perception that most people would have of millionaires and multi-millionaires. Obviously over here, you have a different perspective of the same thing. Yeah, you don't know who's going to be successful and who's not. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not going to consult with somebody for free for hours and hours and hours, but will I take a 30 minute phone call with almost anybody? Sure. You know, and some of those people are geniuses and I know they're that close to, you know, you know, someday they're going to make it. I've had calls from people three years later who said, you're someone who supported me three years ago. And so I want to support you. No, yeah, I, I do believe in the concept of karma. Like I myself came from like an Indian background and they believe like in, if you help others, eventually it, come, it comes around. The but, universe is a beautiful place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so Craig, on a different note, what is one of the, some of the biggest lessons you learned during your entrepreneurial journey? Well, that one. Help others. I mean, look, I've learned how to build a culture. Our call center is going to create culture, great community. So I've become an expert in how to hire, 
how to build culture. I think I become an expert on turnarounds. So when you start to fail, there's a whole process, but what I'm really good at is marketing. And I've learned, I've forgotten more about marketing than most people will ever know. So when I look at a brand and I look at what a brand is, is going on is, uh, when I look at a brand and I look at how a brand is building, I can pull it apart and put it back together in minutes, you know, and figure out how the process is. So been a lot of lessons. I mean, you got to watch your cash flow every week. You should have a finance meeting. You know, there, there's margins that you have to put in place. And then there's risks that you have to determine that you want to take or not take. I have a business right now I'm growing and it's, it's growing fast and I bootstrapped it all the way and never put any money into it, but it got to a million dollars in revenue, which sounds like a lot, but I'm also spending a million because I've been growing so fast. I decided to strategically invest a hundred thousand dollars in the business to make sure I could hire more back end support because I've got so much business on the front end that if I didn't invest, I'd end up, I would have still grown, but it would have been slower than I would have wanted it to be. And uh, of course that money is already coming back in spades now that I've got extra people that can help execute. So, you know, you got to be willing to take strategic risks. You've got to learn, you know, you got to know your numbers inside and out. You've got to have a plan, a strategic plan. Most people think they know what to do with marketing and they'll buy some Facebook ads or whatever, but really the basis that I look at all marketing on is create a social media marketing plan and post, post, post. And when you have a good social media strategy, then you can start to buy media. So I have structure and steps that I like to look at. So, um, I don't know. I've learned a lot, you know, school of hard knocks, 30 years of coiling away. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I think I've learned. Great. I, I really admire that you take strategic risks, but a lot of, a lot of people, like when they want to start a business, like the reason they don't start a business is because they're afraid of financial failure because like they either like have like a family or they have children. And I know, I know that you have, you have children and, uh, and all, of, and all of that. Right. So, uh, they're emotionally attached to money and they're afraid that if they invest and then they fail, they'll go financially bankrupt or something like that. What would be your advice to people that want to, uh, want to do a business and they have to take risks, but they're too afraid, uh, financially speaking. There's a progress. And part of that process is finding out if you have a market for it. People have great ideas, but does anybody else think it's a great idea? I mean, yeah, they're going to work and build some case studies around to prove that it'll work. But if you can get somebody else to come in and help you, it means somebody else believes in your vision. If nobody else will come in. Maybe you have a bad idea, but you know, I've, I mean, just talk to a lot of people and, uh, give feedback around whether people think you get a good idea or a bad idea. Everybody's got their own depth of risk that they're willing to take. You know, I don't know how to control that with people. Some people look at, some of us have been around the, the earth for thousands of years. If you believe in, you know, that we're all here to do it over and over again, you know, I believe in reincarnation. Yeah. I think, I think we, we do it all over again a few times until we get it right. Until we go through a, a full lifetime without fear and we go after our dreams and we do everything that we're supposed to do. Maybe there's a different level, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe this is all like a big video game, you know, we're playing at level one and we're trying to figure out if we get to level two, level three, level four. I don't know. But I've, I've heard, I've heard that uh, a lot of people think that this, uh, this world is like a simulation and we're part of like a, we're part of like yeah. somebody's like controlling the strings. A simulation? Yeah. Some would call it God. Others call it aliens, but who knows, you know? 
right? I have that same philosophy that, you know, we're just playing a game here. And that's why I don't have fear because I feel like no matter what I do, I'm going to be okay. Because I really feel like there's a higher power that when you're doing the right thing, that it comes in and helps out. So I don't have any fear. I just go, you know, but I know that other people do. And the way to do it is to figure out how you're going to make your side hustle part of your life. It doesn't mean it has to be a paycheck for you. It's just making your passion part of your life. If you want to act, you don't have to be on Broadway. Just do a local play and it'll make you happy. As you start to find things that make you happy, that align with your passion, you oftentimes find ways to monetize. I mean, it, it is ultimately the, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like America, the, the American ideal is about the pursuit of happiness. But what you're suggesting is you take the thing that makes you happy, you pursue it, and then you monetize that thing that makes you happy and like makes you passionate about it. And then you turn it into a business. It's, it's, everything is just like, you see how it's all like yeah, intermingling with each other. It's all interconnected. You know, it's like a- It's kind of backwards, right? It's kind of backwards. Yeah, it's all, it's all holistic in a certain, in a certain way. But Craig, what was the biggest challenge you had in uh, like during your entrepreneurial journey and how did you overcome it? I've had so many challenges. I mean, I had people steal from me. Somebody was going to help us sell the company who ended up stealing over a million dollars. Wow. Anything that can happen will, right? That's why I talk about finance, right? You're going to be in your finance meetings. I skipped out on some finance meetings and trusted people around me. And the second you do that, you know, they steal some money. I had a couple guys steal an account and then even use my own employees to staff their center. So my payroll percentage was way through the roof. I, I had things in place to catch it, but I wasn't paying much attention because I was doing other things. So I never got caught. How so, did you, how did you emotionally overcome this, uh, this, uh, this great challenge that, that happened to you? Cause this is pretty messed up altogether. You know? It is pretty messed up. Well, what, what you learn over time is that there's things you can control, but things you can't control. And so the only thing you could do as an entrepreneur is you can only focus on the things you can control. If you can't control it, don't focus on it, you know, and that's hard for people to do stressed out about this and you're stressed out about that. But over time, I've realized that all I can focus on is developing a cash flow strategy moving forward that solves the problems that I'm trying to solve. Makes sense? Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, it, it, no, that, it, it does. Like you, uh, you cannot let setbacks uh, affect you. Right. So, so if I need to conserve cash and I'm going to fire people, how many people do I have to fire to make my margin? I hate the fact that you have to fire people sometimes, but everybody you fire is a dollar saved, right? When you hire somebody, or sorry, when you bring in revenue, there's a lot of expenses that go up against the revenue. The only thing that is 100% back in your cash flow is letting people go, you know? But if you have to bring in new revenue, for every dollar of new revenue, you've got 50% expense or whatever your margin is. So you have to look at where you're going to cut and where you're going to kind of be creative and bringing revenues back in and uh, do your best, but you got to focus on what you can control. I can control finding 10 or 20 people that I need to let go to get my margin right. I can control delaying paying my vendors. I can control, I mean, so I just focus on all the things that I can grab a hold of and I let everything else go and you just can do the best you can do. And if you have a little bit of faith and almost always works out.
No, that's 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 a great way of thinking. Uh, and I do hope like my audience understands that like even if there are setbacks and there are people like you can never control your environment completely, but you just have to push forward and just with the right thing, you can just, you, you can eventually succeed, you know? But, but uh, Craig, on a different note, so you know, American identity is about freedom uh, and the opportunity for a greater life and the pursuit of happiness. And when you're talking about happiness being the, uh, being like you should monetize that which makes you happy and passion. Can you tell me and the audience a little bit more about how you see the integration of all of it together? and in the great American identity that's played out nationally? Well, for me, passion is my music, right? So I want to win a Grammy. I want to have songs that are played on TV shows, in movies, whatever. So what can I control? Number one, I'm going to have some talent at it. Now, if I wasn't talented, I could still be happy writing music, right? I could still be happy creating songs. Paul McCartney said, you know, writing a song is better than sex because sex is great, but a song lasts longer. You know, yeah, and he's so right. When I write a record, it's something that is with me forever. You know, it's really every song is like writing a book. You know, it's just such an amazing birth of something special. Um, but I want to do more with it, so I use LinkedIn to find directors who might want to use my songs in their movie or film without having to go through a sync agency. I was like, you know, why does music have to go through an agency? Why can't music be more like Uber? You know, or where you could just get the, you know, instead of going to a taxi cab company, you just go directly to the Ubers. Well, I, I did that same process with music. So I think about where I want to go, what I want to do, and then how am I going to get there? And it's not always through traditional means. I'm working with video game companies to launch artists. I'm talking to an MBA about launching their own music label, launching artists through the MBA. And, you know, so I just find creative to go about achieving my dreams. So, so for me, all- writing a song is great, but I, I wanted it to be on TV. So I contacted directors. They're the ones who put them in TV shows and movies, right? And that, that for me was something controlled, something I thought I could do. And so I kind of just continued to move forward in the areas where I knew I could, you know, I can put some, put some of my own, my own effort into it. So. Craig, what I'm noticing from you is that you're basically having like the same pioneering spirit that early, the early Americans in the 1800s had when they went westwards towards, uh, like they were expanding towards the west and then right. they had this entrepreneurial spirit and they were thinking and acting and like figuring out how to solve problems. And this is the same thing that I see in you. Like I know that you travel a lot and you've even gone to like a volcano and you've jumped from like, like an airplane before. Like that's like the same uh, it's the same like adventure spirit that the early Americans in the eight, in the 19th century had. I personally believe that we have to go back to that old way of thinking, like where we go deep within ourselves and like find out what makes us more adventurous and uh, that what leads to the pioneering thing. So, what would you advise me to Americans that are watching this on how to like unleash that pioneering spirit that is probably dormant within them, but they don't know about it yet? I think for me, you know, to unleash that pioneering spirit, I think people just have to have a little faith. You have to help others. I think for me, a lot of solutions come out of helping other people. And I, without having any expectation of, of getting something back, a lot of people think I'm going to back. I don't think that way. I just try to help others the best I can. And if there's good that comes out of it, that's great. 
most of the time there's an unwritten law called the law of reciprocation. The people that reciprocate are the people I want to work with. The ones that don't usually end up having a couple conversations and I don't spend any more time with them. So I think, um, to open up that pioneering spirit, you just have to have faith and, and really focus on helping others that are in the categories that you want to be in. You want to be a songwriter, start helping others, talk to them about, you know, how you can help them out and then see if they don't invite you to a writing session or invite you into a little bit more of an intimate setting where you can get a little bit more personalized, a little bit more involved. So that's, that's how I would do it. I would always look for people that are like-minded or in like space as far as my passions go, and then I'll find out how I can help them. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the principle of reciprocating is definitely like an important thing. It's something that I try to utilize in, in my life as well. When I, uh, like, yeah, so I, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, so Craig, well, what do you think is the biggest hurdle that Americans face when it comes to realizing the American dream and how would they overcome it from your perspective? I think a lot of people say they're religious, but they don't have any faith. I think you have to believe in yourself more than anybody else could ever believe in you. I think if you believe in yourself, then you can overcome anything. Unfortunately, so many people don't believe in themselves. I think a lot of people have like environments where people are always judging them and criticizing them and telling them that they're not worth anything or they cannot, they cannot be like that. So if you let's say have like a neg, I know as entrepreneurs, we never let our environments get the better of us. We'll always adapt and we'll find a way. But from your perspective, if, if people are in environments where their self-worth is always like, uh, environments that help the create like a low self-worth for them, like what would be like your advice in that in that case? Let's say, you know, let's say that you yourself want to be a gamer, but you don't feel like you're great at video games. I would have you start playing games and start finding other people that want to play with you. And then, and then we'll wait for the cream to rise to the crop. Maybe the cream is you, or maybe the cream is somebody else. And just ride their coat to help them, support them. And as they go up, they'll bring you up with them, you know? So that, that's what I think. I think you can do anything you've set your mind to. You just have to focus on it and start doing it. Even if it's just a passion and you're not very good at it, there are other people that are good at it. And if you support them, they'll want to support you. No, that's, uh, no, that's, uh, that, that's true. So yeah, definitely. Um, so Craig, what, uh, right now, you know, like in the year 2022, there's been a lot of inflation and uh, a lot of people are suffering from debt and like they had to like work two or more jobs sometimes so you make ends meet. What, what is your, what is your perspective as an entrepreneur regarding inflation and debt altogether? And what would be your advice to Americans like who are, who are now going through financial hardships? There's opportunities in everything. During the pandemic, there were people who suffered. There were restaurants that went out of business, but there were other restaurants that did more business than they'd ever done during the pandemic. There are restaurants that pour on a window and add, and added in a drive-through. There are restaurants that built out their um, they, they built out their business in a different way during the pandemic. For example, I worked with a restaurant and trained all of the people who answered phone calls for orders on sales techniques. And we said, with your order today, would you contribute 
20 extra dollars because we're going to bring a meal to a nursing home, you know, with that $20. And so we had 80% of the customers that were ordering food, order an extra meal for somebody else. And so when I worked at the restaurant, they made more money, but a lot of restaurants from out of business during the pandemic. My point is with the economy heading in a downward turn, or if it does end up going even more negative, there are still opportunities. What are the opportunities in the down economy? I mean, just figure out what those opportunities are and go in that direction. Mark Cuban just launched a medical product that cuts out the wholesale cost of, of medicine. And that business frame is blowing up because the economy is bad. So people are looking for ways to save. Damon John's doing micro investments with young people to buy apartment buildings and stuff. So if you could only afford $50 a week, well, you can still be an investor, just a micro investor. So you can start to build wealth. There's a lot of solutions if you're just open-minded enough to figure out what they are. No, I, I see. I noticed a common uh, theme amongst like successful people is that they look at like downturns as opportunities to uh, create wealth. You know, like when most, most people, they'll look at downturns or like something like the pandemic is a bad thing. Uh, entrepreneurial people, they see opportunity. They're like, this is the time uh, to make money. So it's an interesting theme that I noticed overall. Yeah. Where other people see gray clouds? I don't. I see bright skies. Other people panic. I go, what's the opportunity that lives within this panic? That's, that's a beautiful insight. And like, that's something that I would definitely want my audience to know. Like, you know, like where there's failure or when there, when something is negative or you feel like, uh, it, there's like a bad thing going on. Uh, you, it is, it is a potential, an opportunity to turn it around. Like you just have to see things in a different way. So, right. so yeah, that's, that's it, life is nothing. Life is nothing but contrast. When you feel down, you get high. You know, when you're trying to go faster, sometimes you're going to slow down. Almost when you're feeling like there's a grace, a lot of negative stuff happening. There's a lot of positive stuff too, if you just look for it, right? Most people, it's so much easier to focus on the negatives than the positives. But you have to train your brain. It's, you know, it's, it's neuroplasticity. You got to reshape the way that you think about problems to, to look at every problem as a solution. No, yeah, totally. But Craig, you see, like, this is like the mindset that you have that's like different from most other people's mindset that is actually, that helps you become successful where other people would not succeed. It's all about them thinking about the same circumstance, but in like, in like different ways. And your, your thing about the contrast is actually pretty true, you know? So that's, that's pretty good. Um, so Craig, on a different note, I know you've written this best-selling book called Hired to, uh, Hired to Quit, Inspired to Stay. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about the premise of this book and what got you to write it and all of that? I was training employees and I realized that maybe they weren't listening as well as I thought they should. So I started talking to them about their dreams and their goals. And we wrote our phone calls and our commission plans are all based on performance. So I explained our comp plan and I said, look, the sooner you guys perform at a level that's acceptable for my company, the sooner you're going to be able to quit because you're going to get more fun. I mean, the people who perform well in this call center make triple what the base pay is. So if you learn how to talk to people and communicate and do your job well, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to quit in six months. But if, it, if you don't, it's going to take you a year and a half. So what do you want to do with your life and how are you going to do it? 
as we blew it out, only 5% of my employees really wanted to quit and go do something really special. The turnover rate went down because most people just want to own a car and a vacation every year. And so I worked with some of the banks to get lower interest rates and guaranteed loans, things like that. Um, just understanding what your employees want. And so I thought after we had so much success in lowering turnover, increasing revenues, increasing performance, and helping over a hundred people live their dreams that maybe I had a book, you know, so I put it together and people, I think, loved what we had to say, you know, if you're an employer, imagine if every one of those employees that worked for you were your children, would you want them doing a job they hate? Cause I wouldn't, you know, I want my kids to do what they love. And I try to think of all of my employees in that same way. Greg, that is really amazing because that's something that uh, most most uh, big companies or like companies in general they don't they don't do uh, that in, the, in today's world. They just see everything in terms of like profit and loss, right? Like uh, like club employees are completely like replaceable if necessary. But over here, you're you're actually thinking about your employees and what makes them happy. So it's a really it's a really radical approach in today's world. It is, but when people do it, they're shocked because the turnover goes down and your employees get happier and happier employees are profitable. We actually did a study with Forrester Research and uh, in Forrester Research, we were able to prove. So we did a survey and we were, had 45 questions and we said, how do you like the security? How do you like this? How do you like that? And we gave them all a pay raise of a dollar. And the performance improved as well, but we wanted to try doing 50 cents to charity. And so we tried that as well. Well, the performance numbers of charity were a little bit lower than giving them the dollar directly. However, what we went back and discovered was that when we were doing the money to charity, our employees were happier. Thus the close rate of the overall sale went up. And so we were able to prove that giving money away to charity was more profitable than giving people money directly because it made them happy to be giving to somebody else, which improved performance enough for us to gain a few points in our close rate. That so is so, yeah. So people think, oh, it's how am I going to give all this away? I'm going to lose money. No, it's profitable. Teaching people how to be happy is very profitable. Craig, if this could be adopted on a national level, wouldn't that be great? Because, like, this is the one, yeah. Because, like, because I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like a lot of people uh, think that we are living in a narcissistic work culture, especially in corporate America. But if they adopted the same thing that, that you're talking about right now, that would lead to more productivity, ironically. You know, because yep. there's like, a, there's like an entire thing like where like you have to be, there's like a way of thinking where you have to be ruthless. It's all about the numbers and all that. But what you're suggesting will all not only make employees happy, like it'll also re lead to greater results. Yeah, definitely. And most people think they're going to lose out on results. That's the big area where people are like, oh my God. And look, my COO quit. My operations director, you know, making almost 200 grand, he quit. And he bought a golf course. He bought, drank the Kool-Aid. Did I want him to quit? No. But am I happy for him? I love him. I'm absolutely thrilled. He's bought two golf courses now. You know, that's all he's ever wanted to do was own some golf courses. I didn't like it when he quit. <laughs> I was like, this wasn't for you, but 
did I want to support him? Of course, you got to support others in their dreams, you know? And so I'm very excited about it. Greg, I, I really admire like your approach and everything. And it's been like, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, it's pretty radical in today's world, but I do hope more companies adopt what you're talking about. I, I, I really think more do. companies will. It, we have a lot of it. We have a big mental health crisis in this country. We definitely have to help other people with their goals. Yeah, uh, definitely. But Craig, uh, is there any other work or project that you're doing right now that you want the, uh, the audience to get a glimpse of? <laughs> so my call center, I haven't really worked in for like two years. You know, it's been around for 16 years, but I haven't really done much in the last couple. I built another social media marketing company where we create content and then promote it, manage the community around it. And uh, it's called Social Close. That business is growing really quickly and we're helping a lot of people. Um, we're, you know, we're basically giving away a $20,000 marketing strategy for close to nothing. We do a free audit for people, then we can interview with them and make sure we understand what their goals are. And we build out a strategy that I used to charge. I used to charge 10,000 a day to build the same strategy I give away now. We take a small deposit for it, 500 or a thousand, I don't know, whatever my team is doing, but it goes against uh, your monthly retainer if you do hire us. Or you get to walk away with a $20,000 marketing plan and an execute on your own. That's what I mean by trying to help everybody I meet, everybody I talk to. Most people couldn't afford to hire me, you know, that are just starting out, but now they can. You know what I mean? No, that is, that is awesome. Like, I yeah. think, I mean, I'm working on projects in the music space. I am helping gaming companies launch artists through uh, Easter egg hunts with artwork and NFTs with songs being pushed underneath the art as it's created and talking to the NBA about different projects. I mean, I'm doing TV and film. I'm working on Charlie Walk's music mastery program. I helped rebuild that for him. And we have thousands of artists that are now enrolling to learn how to be a better musician. It's artist development, artist development, artist development, and music mastery. So I mean, I'm involved in a lot of things. And uh, if somebody has questions or concerns, for the most part, I pretty much know somebody who has a solution. If it's not me, I know who the person is that they're probably trying to reach because I've been doing business for a long time. That is awesome, Craig. Uh, Craig, where can our audience go to connect with you and get to know more about you and what you're doing? Or well, they just on, my, on all my socials, I'm Craig Handley, right? Craig, H-A-N-D-L-E-Y. That's the first place, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these different places. But I'm also pretty easy to find Craig at my call center, listen, trust.com or Craig at socialclose.com or so I'm pretty easy to find that email. I think even my cell phone number is on the web. You know, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with people texting me if they want to have a consult or have a conversation. Really? Sometimes they call me up directly, but a lot of times they're busy. So it's easier if they text first, but my number's out there and uh, I have no problem with people sending me a text message either. So that I'm very easy to reach because I really want to help a lot of people. Well, Craig, I mean, uh, yeah, I want to, con uh, I, I would want, like, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Interview. Yeah, I mean, your audience doesn't know, but I was a little bit late and uh, I just want to turn on the light here. I was a little bit late for our podcast. They won't know because it's kind of invisible, but uh, I just want to apologize for being a little bit late. Make sure, you know, I just want to make sure I gave a, lo a lot of value for your audience. No, you definitely did. And you also have a really generous heart, Craig, like the, what you're doing with your work and your companies, 
Uh, I don't know if you realize this, very few people are doing this. And I'm <laughs> proud and honored to have you as a guest on this podcast. And I would really hope that in the future, uh, you come back at a future time. Yeah, no, let's let's do another one. I, uh, I enjoy it. Yeah, um, and I want to conclude this. Uh, I want to conclude this episode by telling my fellow extraordinary Americans that hey, that there's an extraordinary within each and every one of us. It is our duty and our job to awaken it and unleash it. Until next time, bye for now. Hey there, everyone! Thank you for watching Extraordinary America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation and then the practical thing to do is to protect the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies. Also, never forget that you are an extraordinary American. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.